0: God I was just in Rochester and uh, uh, people were asking some questions when I was there uh, some of the disciples on uh, on the conquest and so when would you get saved pastor and I said 1987 and Pastor Jesse was down at the other end and he's like man that's around when I was born and so funny thing was I was praying for friends and God's like I got somebody you just got to wait a while check. Hallelujah. Amen. One second, beloved. Turn your Bibles to Acts 27 this morning. Acts 27. Acts 27. Uh, There's certain places that uh, you can go in the country and you, uh, weather is a big topic of conversation. Uh. Rochester being one. I uh, lived there, and it's listed as the third cloudiest city in the U.S., and it was always, it's where I spent most of my life, so I'm used to, it snows, it rains, it, it, the wind's blowing, it, everything's happening. And when I went to Tucson, Arizona, a cloudy day was one cloud in the sky, taking forever to cross the sky, and that was it. That was, that was the extent of their weather and it was not really a topic of conversation and in uh, you know the dynamics of life uh, you make plans you uh, you plan a wedding people uh, no number of people here have had outdoor weddings you plan events you plan picnics Uh, you plan all sorts of things and uh, uh, if you're in Tucson Arizona that's fine you uh, you usually have uh, no worries uh, you're in rochester new york uh, you're in chicopee you're in certain other areas you have seasons uh, uh, when we were in florida you could you could set your clock by when it was going to rain we're not doing anything at two o- one o'clock two o'clock for this certain season of the summer because there's storms coming in and that's guaranteed and in in life in living for god uh, the storms are a part of life the conditions the variables uh, are such a part of life. Most of our lives are not like Tucson. I had one cloud roll by. Uh, but they're, a, a, they're a, a continuance of upheavals, of changes, of diversity, of, uh, of what's going on, whether it's our families, our home, our finances, people we're helping, uh, uh, whatever it is. Uh, living for God uh, is filled with a complexity and uh, a continual changing atmosphere to it. And what I want to minister this morning, uh, uh, we're going to take a look in uh, a moment at our text. It's uh, Paul, and he's uh, found himself aboard a ship, uh, and they are looking to set sail. And you have a crew, you have a captain, you have uh, a number of people on board, and uh, I want to minister a sinking feeling when I want happy sailing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I've uh, pulled part of this, uh, part of this, uh, my congregation would have heard in the past. But uh, uh, there is a dimension of this that proves so true uh, in the harvest. Uh, we are going forth looking for something. When we set out uh, uh, as a disciple, we are filled with hope. We are filled with confidence uh, that something is going to happen in our lives. We turn to God because of a great hope. I want to look first. It's so happy to set sail. When we start uh, anything in life, entrepreneurs, when we start living for God, when we start uh, uh, getting ready to be a disciple, we are setting sail. We are looking forward to something great happening. We have the best of hopes, whether it's a new job, whether it's a new business, whether it's uh, uh, this new city we're going into, we are gonna, we're going to tear it up for Jesus, uh, uh, a new ministry that you're stepping into, and you're going you're gonna to do phenomenal setting sail and you have uh, an absolute confidence uh, of all that god's going to do whatever it is marriages uh, you know saved and unsaved you step forth into life with great hope great expectation uh, and often uh, uh, somewhat of a sunny uh, perspective it's uh, it's uh, yeah i see you know when pastors talk about the clouds, they're thinking roaches. they're thinking the storms, they're thinking the hurricanes. Uh, my pastor said, when he sent me and my wife to Florida, four hurricanes that year. And so that's, uh, you know, that's praise God, thank you, pastor. And when you try to describe that to somebody that's never seen uh, a hurricane, they think the two sounds, oh, it's cloudy day, and all they know is one cloud going across the sky. Yeah, pastor, I get you, I understand you. And... Uh, I got something to learn a little bit. It uh, prior to our text, uh, Acts twenty seven thirteen uh, says, "When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained uh, their desire, they put out to sea and they sailed close to Crete." Uh, this is a captain, a crew, and they're trying to get their ship to a better harbor, and they happen to catch a break in the weather. Paul is on board. They have prisoners on board. There's soldiers on board, and they are... they're. Fi- you know what? Finally, we're getting a break. Now, hallelujah, my prayers. There. There's a breakthrough. We're going to be able to finally do this. Uh, we've prayed away everything, uh, and they're setting forth... Uh, we set sail with dreams, with hopes, with plans, uh, and we start whatever adventure it is. We start uh, uh, what has been stirred of faith in our hearts and in our lives. The harvest is entirely exciting. Winning souls is an exciting venture, uh, and reaching the lost uh, is an incredible opportunity that we have, uh, uh, have been given by God. And uh, sailing off uh, is uh, how God launches us, uh, whether it's the outreach that you step into. uh, But there's something uh, I want to take a look at next, and that's the storm that we didn't order. The storm we didn't order. And uh, in our text, uh, happy sailing is how they set out. Okay, we're going to get to a better place. uh, And we pick up our text, we pick up what's transpiring, Acts 27, starting at verse 27. It says now, when the fourteenth night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea about midnight, the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, uh, and uh, they uh, they took soundings uh, and found it to be twenty fathoms. Uh, and uh, they had gone a little further. They took soundings again, found it to be fifteen fathoms. Then, fearing lest they should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ships, when they had let down the skiff into the sea under pretense of putting out anchors uh, uh, from the prow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers Cut away the ropes of the skiff and let it fall. And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them uh, uh, to take food, saying, Today is the fourteenth day. You have waited and continued without food and eaten nothing. The storm we didn't order. Fourteen days from happy sailing to a place uh, where there has been no sun, Bible says no stars, and no land. That doesn't sound like a happy place to me. And in life, you can find yourself where there's no hope, no sunshine of God's promises seeming uh, to be beaming through. Though we set out, Lord, when I set out to do this, when I took this ministry, when I married this man, God, there was sunshine. What has happened? God, when we thought about having these children... (laughs) <laughs> when I said, I'll do follow-up ministry. The sun was shining, and God was, God was speaking to you. They're facing a storm uh, that's called a Eurachlidon, which is violent winds, raging seas, and an overpowering force. Uh, and what they did in the midst of this, they couldn't do anything. As this storm is hitting, uh, they're tossed about. They said they just let the ship run uh, they're being uh, thrown about. They're being uh, affected. And storms have a strange effect upon people. Storms have a strange effect. Storms play with uh, people's minds. Uh, uh, you know, you get, uh, you, you, when, when they make the announcement for hurricanes, it is amazing because you're just trying to do your regular shopping. It's a week away before the storm hits. Uh, and you go to get bread and you go to get water. And you go to get milk, and all you see is an empty shelf. Really? It plays with people's minds, with their fears. Verse 27 says, We were driven up and down in the seas. They're tossed up and down. They're not going east. They're not going north. They're not going south. They're not going west. They're just going up and down. They have no direction at all. We're, we're doing really good. We're doing horrible. We're doing wonderful. It sucks excuse me for that some people they're tossed up and down ever feel like that making no progress not going anywhere you're you're praying you're fasting you're believing god you're doing everything you need to do and yet just up and down no tangible progress so here's the crew here's the captain And here's the prisoners, and here's the man of God all in the same place, being tossed up and down. They felt safe, uh, and they were doing well, the Bible tells us, uh, that they had hopes to make uh, a certain amount of distance. They set sail with hope. We're going to make distance. We have vision. We've seen what God wants us to do would be our parallel to that. We know what God wants us to do. We know uh, what the vision is for the things of God. We understand the harvest. We see it clearly. They felt safe and were doing well until the storms arose and conditions changed. Can I say that's life? That that's life where you and I are And what we go through is just life. Storms are a part of life. Storms are not something strange. Every time, you know, the Weather Channel has made a fortune hyping up storms. Sending reporters out to stand. They thought it was, you know, they're let down when the hurricane is only ruffling the guy's jacket a little. There's a hurricane coming in and all you see is his jacket just ruffling a little bit. They're bummed because they can't promote it for what it is. The devil's a promoter of storms. He wants you to think this is it. This one's taking you out. This one's taking you down. That's life, though. And uh, it's, can I say, if you're going through something that's a difficulty and a problem, not to blame other people. They might have been in the midst of it, but not to blame other people. It's their fault. It's because they said this, they did this, they put me in this. It's not God's fault. Don't be blaming God. We do that in strange ways. We won't blame God because uh, we, you know what, it's not God. And if I blame God, then I'm really in trouble. So it's the pastor. It's pastor's fault. Pastor didn't hear from God. How about the time when, uh, you know, they go out in the boats. Jesus uh, tells them, you know, put out and they put out to sea. And uh, the Sea of Galilee gets really stormy. Can you imagine what was going on? I told you Peter didn't hear from Jesus. That's what we do. That's, That's the natural response. It makes us crazy. Strange effect. One of the things that it does is it causes men to be caught because you can't do anything. And I don't know too many people that like being in a place. They're going up and down. It's like, if we can go backwards, I'd be happier. If I, could, I want to do something, moving forward in the things of God is what we need to aim at. But uh, being caught, uh, it's, 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 it's its a place that nobody is comfortable with. Uh, and this is what a storm brings about. Our text uh, tells us that they were afraid. They were fearing destruction. There's taking soundings. They're afraid that they're going to be destroyed. We're going to crash. We're going to go up on the rocks. Worry. Worry is a dimension uh, that, is, uh, 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 that some people don't consider how great of effect that has upon you. You think that worrying is a fine thing to have, and yet worrying absolutely runs contrary to the will of God for your life. It's a form of fear. God says, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, being afraid uh, of the harvest, being afraid of the labors, being afraid in the storms, uh, being afraid in the upheaval of conditions. That's life. And we think worry is worry motivates us to pray. But uh, that's the only good part of it. Worry is something that does great damage. Worry does not enhance our faith. You're praying because you're worrying. But uh, it's like much better to have a clear perspective and say, you know, what? I just need to pray about this. It's a form of fear. God hasn't given you that spirit. It is a spirit. It is a spirit that is exercising influence on your life. Agitation sometimes. Well, I'm just agitated. Do you know that's often a form of fear? I used to struggle because I literally, by my understanding of fear, I wasn't running around like a little girl. I wasn't screaming. And so I'm not afraid. And if God tells me to die here, then I'll die here. Just tell me what to do. But the agitation I was feeling inside, God had to show me that is a form of fear. You are actually agitated because you're afraid this might go on. It's like that's fear. It's like yes being agitated that something is going to go on too long and you get edgy and your faith is bent and you're ticked at this person you snap at that person and and you're not moved to do things of God because you're agitated doesn't work you're afraid that it's always going to be this way when truth is God says I'm going to win souls through you I'm going to touch people through you I have a harvest that you're going to reap for me you're going to gather for me son daughter you're going to win people to Jesus we get agitated we get bent and we get an anti-faith that takes place when we're afraid. It's the inner storms that we're dealing with. The turmoil inside that puts us in upheaval. We're going up and down inside. Pastor, I want to preach. I want to go smoke. Reading your Bible with a bong sitting next to it. In the name of Jesus, God I. Pr- hallelujah it stirs up strange responses there's three responses that really stand out in our text i was uh, kicking this idea with uh, pastor jesse and this one is one of the ones that stood out to him but uh, the fact that they set anchors that they set anchors here's uh, Here's a people that are going forward. When we get into the storms of life, when there's upheaval, when you're having your ups and downs in life, where it's a burst of faith, where you want to take the world and then nothing, you've, you know, 100-foot seas and you're at the mountains above and then you're in the depths below, you're in the valley. The thing that transpires is that we end up wanting to set anchors. They drop the anchors. We want to halt progress. We want to stop uh, and just stay at that point. We want to drop the anchors, not move anywheres. We drop ministry. We drop uh, anything that is an additional, anything that would keep us moving, we stop. When you're in turmoil, when you're agitated, when you're bent, uh, uh, the thing that happens, uh, we might not stop on the outward, but inwardly we drop anchor. This is as far as I go. And we won't say it, we don't think it, we won't even, we really don't even entertain it with ourselves, but it's what transpires is we drop anchor. We halt momentum. It's a picture of halting progress. It's an image of why and how people do it. This is where we we drop the anchor of our will. Well, I'm going to do this. That's a form of dropping anchor. We know God wants to move in our lives, through our lives. We know God wants us to speak, but we're having a turmoil. I'm not going to talk to that person in the pump next to me because I just got in a fight with my wife. I just had an argument. God's not moving. He's not answering prayer. I've been laboring. I hear all these promises, and you're you're in a rough season. You're working something out, and you're getting a breakthrough. And we'll drop anchor. We'll drop the anchor of reason of why and how, as Pastor Jesse, uh, Pastor Morales mis- ministered this morning, the why and the how, why is this going on, and what's happening with the harvest, and getting a doctrine that's t- entirely contrary. Reason is an anchor that halts progress. Another thing that happens is the Bible says that they were looking for an escape. Uh, they're, uh, they're trying to get, in verse 30, the sailors were seeking to escape the ship. Can I say something? We want relief. But it doesn't always make sense how we get it. We don't like uh, the we don't like being uh, under something. We don't like being under a storm. We don't like being under headship. We don't like authority over us. Whatever it would be that uh, that this transpires in. Though they're in a storm, what they're trying to do, think about this. You've been in a storm 14 days that's pretty much getting ready to tear your ship apart. And you're going to take leave in a tiny little dinghy. You're leaving the, you're leaving a large ship that everybody's on, and you're thinking you're going to get away in the dinghy of your will. We're going to row away. I know the, the ship's going down, but we can make it in this little boat. I'm going to row off in my will. And they're actually believing this. The church is the safe vessel. The church and what the will of God is in the church, under the authority of our headship, that's the safe place to be. That's the place uh, that is the safe place for your life, in the will of God, in the center of God's will for us. Acts 27.30 says, they let down the skiff into the sea. We're going to get away from this. We have a plan. We have an option. I have another option besides God's will. I have an option to be able to do this uh, a way differently than what we've been doing on board. That's obviously not working. It's still 14 days, but I have an option that's going to help me like you're going to row away into the sunshine, the sunset, and it's going to be a beautiful day. They wanted an option. Strange effect of storms, of upheaval that's internal as we look for options. We look for other ways of doing things. When you have an internal disagreement and wrestling, thank God for our pastors. Thank God for men that will speak into our lives that God moves through, that God inspires Another thing that transpires is that uh, we begin to move under pretense. This is a unique thing I want you to consider because it says under the pretense of dropping anchor. Under the pretense we're going to do something that looks just like what everybody else is doing. Under the pretense they're trying to take another option. Pretense is, a, is putting on a false front, a false appearance, so that you look like something to everybody, but it's not really what's going on internally. You present something outward that appears to be one thing, but what's going on internally is exactly the opposite. Hallelujah, pastor, I appreciate you and all you and your wife are doing. And then you pull away the veneer. It's like, uh, and you're talking about pastor at your house. And you're talking about his wife. And you're talking about the church. And you're talking about other brothers. But when you stand before him, you are the epitome of authenticity. The genuine thing, the real deal. When we went to Israel... I was picking stuff up there, you get a couple different things, you get what you can, and there was one place that they were offering genuine imitation coins. We have genuine imitation coins. It's not anything I guess I would leave to my children. Take care of these, son. It's possible to end up with a genuine imitation type of Christianity. Christianity. We're on the outward. It seems and appears to be the real thing, but inwardly we haven't let this actually transform our lives. This is something that stood out recently. There's uh, there's men that uh, have great hearts for God. There's men I've been working with trying to help. They are they're disciples. They're long-term saints. And something that has been standing out to me recently is good-hearted men that are going through difficult times, uh, and I'm taking a look at it. They're not quitting by any means. They're not throwing it in. They're not uh, They're not running from it. But what I'm seeing is a gap uh, between what is actually on the outward uh, and something inside that's very different. Uh, and one individual, when I was talking to him, it was like God gave me the imagery, like how prophetic a uh, Is given. God painted a picture for me of what was happening in this man's life, uh, and it was an unintentional pretense. He was becoming, in a sense, a caricature of an on-fire Christian, wanted it with all his heart, but something wasn't connecting in his life. Something was missing, uh, and what ended up happening was this gentleman went through a difficult time. It was actually a storm in life. Uh, And what it did was it opened his life up where he couldn't put on the show any longer. He couldn't. He was not doing it intentionally. I want to stress that. Totally trying 100% with his heart. But what happened, a storm crumpled him. A storm crushed him. And what God did was opened up to be able to touch that place in his life that never was touched before. The storm gave God access to a part of his heart uh, where he could no longer act. uh, But God said, I can now touch you and change. And there has been the start of a glorious healing uh, and the authentic, the real deal. The storm of life uh, broke through the pretense. The storm of life is actually what saved this man a lot of hurt and a lot of heartache. The storm was difficult. The revelation was difficult. But the healing of that is glorious. Holy Ghost reigns. Hallelujah. Pixar is a company that is uh, they came on the scene originally when I grew up we had Disney 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 was everything Disney uh, you know I used to watch that as a child and they set the standard for animated films Uh, but between 1994 and uh, early 2000's Disney did zero number one films then Pixar came in Pixar uh, was uh, started with Steve Jobs and uh, two other gentlemen and one of the things that they did was they began to run with a vision, and they made uh, they've made a series of very successful uh, digital films. And one of the things that uh, stood out in this uh, was that a comment that he made as reading a book, uh, Creativity Inc. And if you're a pastor here, I'd recommend getting it. He is one of the most insightful men into people, one of the most insightful men, into working with groups of people. He is a genius in that realm. But one of the things that he said, he works with people that have to be creative, that have to sit on edge. They have had 14 of 14 number one hits. Number one movies. They actually resurrected Disney. Disney had nothing till they worked with them, and then they began to have number ones. And it's all because of how they worked with people. But he said something. He said... Uh, Uh, we've heard of the term copy and paste. And that's, you know, you highlight something, you clip it, and you can put it in your notes. People have gotten in a lot of trouble for doing that and plagiarizing. But he made this comment. He said, when filmmakers, industrial and software designers, and people in any other creative profession merely cut and reassemble the ideas of others, it gives the illusion of creativity without the craft. It's copy and paste. We can do what Paul said. Paul is on board this ship. One of the things he told uh, disciples, except uh, for you and I, he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Uh, do what I do. But he's not talking about just do a copy and paste version, but aim at the things I aim at. Shoot for the things I shoot for. Otherwise, we end up hollow. Don't just try to have what you see of me outwardly, but try to possess what I have inwardly. My relationship with God through prayer, my fruitfulness uh, through labors and investment. Uh, Beloved, this is what we're called to. The men that have uh, started our fellowship, the men that continue to run uh, with the things that our fellowship is, is something from God. It's not a bunch of men that are just excelling. It is God moving through their lives and they are running with vision. They are running with the heart of God inside of them. They're not just men that are praying and that makes them what they are. They are men that are taking a vision and letting it get inside of them. The harvest is alive in them. The reason they're excited and have joy and victory is because it's alive inside of them. It is not a copy and paste uh, Christianity. Copy and paste is why things don't work. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going I'm to read and then everything's going to magically happen. You need the heart. Son, daughter, God says, give me your heart. You know, how in the Bible, God called Jacob a worm. You ever think about that? Jacob, you worm. And it's like, why do you call him a disgusting little creature? Unique thing about a worm a worm has five hearts. And you can cut a worm, and it can live. Both sides. Because it's got five hearts. And it's very possible for us to say, I'm 100% for Jesus. And that one heart that beats, 100%. But I got this other heart. And I like this. And it likes that. And it, li- and it doesn't, doesn't mix. God talks about being double-minded, triple-minded, quadruple-minded. But to be singular in your heart, your purpose, your vision... I've talked to people that, I want to marry a man of God. And they're, they're, they're saying that, but then their other heart's like, I just want a handsome man. I don't care if he speaks my language. <laughs> Strange responses that get stirred up. Pretense. want to close considering so happy to have hope. We're going to have to let something break through to our lives. To see past the outward. To see past the outward. There's, uh, just off the coast of California, there's 16 beautiful skyscrapers being built uh, on four man-made islands in the bay of Long Beach, California, along with trees, shrubbery, gardens, beautiful waterfalls. But these skyscrapers in the landscape are only a shell that are being built to cover up the view of oil rigs, drilling apparatus, and other unsightly paraphernalia in the second largest oil field in the nation. It's been called one of the world's, uh, uh, one of history's most expensive cover-ups. What we're looking for is something that's real, not just to put on the front and the facade, to cover up something that's going on internal, but real hope that gets inside. Real hope and a real heart for the harvest uh, and a real desire for the things of God. In this place, these uh, captain, the crew, the prisoners, and the man of God are all on board as this ship is doing nothing for 14 days. Now, just for perspective, how do you do sitting for four minutes at a light? In a car... With your favorite songs on. And that spouse that you love. But that killed the kids in the back seat. How do you do four minutes? And then you miss the light. You're just, uh, you miss the turn. Because the light turned red and you have to sit there for another four minutes. Fourteen days, beloved. Up and down in the seas. It said they lost all hope. They were despairing, not going anywhere. Man of God's there. The sun's not shining. Nothing's happening. But the one thing that breaks through all of this is hearing a word from God in your storm. Hearing a word from God. Because what they heard was a word from Paul. One of the things that he first declared to them, Paul got the attention of the centurion and the soldiers and told them to cut the skiffs free. He said, unless... uh, Unless you cut those away, unless you cut away the excuses and the options, unless these men stay on the ship, he said, nobody's going to be saved. It's going to be the destruction of it. Paul was a man, not a seaman. He wasn't part of the crew, and he was a prisoner. And yet uh, something transpired uh, of faith uh, in these men's lives. Though the circumstances might not have been what they wanted, uh, they turned to the man of God. They turn to a prisoner. Can I say faith is a choice? The initial stages of faith is not everything going away. There's still a storm, but they're turning. They've tried everything else, and they're turning to what they should have at the beginning. Paul told them at the beginning, don't go. The pastor said, don't do it. I'm going to do it. Hopefully you're still alive at the storm. They heeded the warning, Acts 27, and the day was about to dawn. Paul began to implore them as they're looking to him uh, to cast overboard their arguments, to cast overboard their natural observations. Uh, And as day was about to dawn, Paul implored them to take food. Uh, He said, for this is your survival, since not a hair will fall from your head. Uh, God had spoken to him. God had ministered to him. And he's encouraging the people. He said these things, they took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken, he began to give, uh, uh, they began to eat. Uh, then they were all encouraged. Nothing has changed. The storm hasn't changed. The waves haven't changed. The circumstances haven't changed. Uh, and yet because they listened to a word from the man of God, they were encouraged. Because they put their excuses aside, because they put their reasons uh, and listened to the headship, the authority that God graciously had placed in their midst, Uh, they were encouraged. You want encouragement in your struggle? Listen to the man of God. You can listen to a man of God, give you wisdom that your mind doesn't agree with and that your heart might not quite agree with, that's the reason you need the man of God. You can follow obediently with a pretense and you will be a very disappointed individual. And you'll point back, I did what pastor said. I knew it wasn't going to work. That's because you did it with a pretense. It wasn't a full surrender going, oh shoot, if this doesn't work, we're done. It's a full surrender. It's a full trusting of God. Another thing is that your faith, beloved, we're made for the storms. Faith is where Jesus tells him to go out in the boat. And then what does he ask him? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? The storms... Uh, are what we've been fitted for. We have been given faith to believe God. That faith is built for the storms. That faith is built to believe. You don't read any... You hear about them despairing of life. It never says one word about Paul. What I picture is men running, pulling their hair, throwing plants overboard. And I just picture Paul sitting there calm. Hallelujah, Jesus, thank you, watching the centurion run by, watching another guy run by, watching people swinging, pulling down mass. And Paul's just like, man, I wish they listened to me. Having victory in the midst of the storm. And I imagine that he must have caught everybody's attention. Like, he just doesn't get seamanship. He just doesn't understand the storms. He just doesn't understand what's going on. He understood clearly there's a God in charge of everything. There's a God in control and has a way of working things. He understood that clearly. Paul implored them, and it says, uh, at that point... And I don't believe it's coincidence that it's at this point. It says, as dawn was coming up, as the light is finally beginning to shine, could there be something about listening to the man of God, listening to that word you get from God that's ministered across the pulpit, uh, that suddenly, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to listen. No more pretense, no more fronts, uh, and I'm just going to do this. And It says the dawn begins to rise at that point. Faith is the internal confidence uh, in God when the storms rage outwardly. Acts twenty seven thirty six. after they had done all this broken bread, thanked God they were all encouraged. What's needed in the storms? If you're going to labor in the harvest, you're going to need a heart for the storms. You're going to need a faith for the storms. And I say if because people make their choices. You know what? I'm taking my skiff and going to row away. I'm going to row away in my dinghy. People do make those choices. It's free will. But what are you going to do? Are you you going to have faith in God? The storm didn't go away. The storm didn't stop. It's truth that spoke in the midst of the storm, that brought hope in the midst, uh, that caused them to survive in the midst of a storm because they listened to the Word. What we need to do, beloved, is have hearts full of faith in our God, that He moves the way that He said. He's given us headship. He's given us church, the safe vessel. He's given us men of God. He's given us the preaching of the gospel. And He's given us a harvest uh, of souls to reach, uh, a world vision. That vision is enough to keep your life busy for a little while. In the midst of that, your life saved, your family saved. Uh, Amen. Hallelujah. Happy sailing is what we might set out, but what we need, truthfully, is faith that's built to the storms. That's all I have. Amen. Let's have uh, a brother come give God praise.